It was a reasonable decision. I wasn't just rationalizing, unless I was. Maybe I was a patsy, as Godecker claimed. I had been a slave for most of my life. Was I incapable of acting as a free man? I put the spoon and pot down and reluctantly went to talk to Godecker. Does he only have eyes for you? Godecker called to me when I came out through the doorway of the shed. He sneered. Does he tell you how much he loves you? Does he tell you how pretty you are? Just wait. Godecker, this is classified information. Welcome, Atolians, hold up inside the trade house against the plague. I'm Noelle. <laughs> and I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's August 1st, 2021. And today we are discussing chapter 10 of Thick as Thieves. This is chapter 10, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. This book does not have a lot of chapters. <laughs> Only 12. Yeah. This is a really interesting one. It comes right on the heels of the well thing, which feels like a turning point, feels kind of like a climax, and uh, like their relationship has really changed. And then they get into this situation where uh, Kamet wants to hide Costas because Costas is sick and the city has been struck by the plague and they don't want people to think that Costas has the plague and they end up getting helped by this guy named Godecker who's an escaped slave. And Godecker makes all sorts of assumptions about them. Um, and... Something that, like, really hit me looking at it this time is that we have that whole thing in the previous chapter about how he he goes back to get him and, like, they're they're laughing together and, and they acknowledge that they care about each other. And then again in this chapter, Cam, it's like, well, I'm just going to stick around long enough to see if he lives. <laughs> yeah. Still doing it. Oh, if I abandoned him now, I would always have an unanswered question. But, like, that doesn't say anything about me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not just rationalizing. Or am I? <laughs> I don't know how to put this exactly. That these questions about, does he say he loves you? Does he say he have eyes? Like, this explicit, said out loud assumption that the two of them are in love comes from an outsider. Whereas we're, we are supposed to say, conclude that this is the case. What do you think about this? Yeah. And, like, Godecker's assumption is that they are having this intimate relationship, but Kamet is being hoodwinked. Right. That it's not real. Yeah. That it, that it is just a lie on Costas's part. And, like, he'll get tired of you and, you know, this wealthy father that I imagine he has is gonna, uh... Yeah, and then he's n he's not freeing you. You're still just gonna be a slave. Yeah, and so uh, there's this idea that, like, any relationship that they're having must be exploitative. Like, there's mm -hmm. no way that it couldn't be. And I think that that's also something that, that colors, um, the idea of them having a romantic relationship, you know, mm -hmm. because there's yeah. such an association uh, of sex with power. Yeah. Um, and of, like, if they, if they were having a romantic relationship, if they were having sex, that would obviously be, like, a, 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 an imbalanced power relationship. And, and the fact that they sort of stand 
back from that and like are cautious about mm-hmm. um, either having or or talking about that sort of relationship feels very related to that. Yeah, I think so too. And Kemet has all of these doubts in this chapter, wondering, you know, even though as far as we know, they don't have that type of intimacy in their relationship, is Godecker right in that Kemet can't stand on his own two feet? He says, did he tell you that you are too weak to be a free man? Uh, He's a fool, I said. So are you, if you believe him. His certainty was almost enough to convince me. He said, if it were Nehusaresh lying on this bed, would you still be here? So he's saying, like, like, we're, like, you're here with me because you're making these choices. Yeah. And also, this this little scene that that exchange is from is another great example of Kemet, like, projecting his feelings onto another person. Um, <laughs> because he, uh, I tried to reassure the Atolian. Don't worry, I said. I'm not. There's nothing to worry about. Kemet, I swear. Kemet, I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also, like, an example of Kemet expects that Costas uh, won't trust him. Um, and that Costas would think that maybe he's going to bash his head in with a rock. And Costas yeah. does trust him. Yeah. Just saying, like, no, Kemet, that's, that's stupid. I know you're not going to do that. And it's interesting that uh, Kamet replies to Godecker, um, narrating, like, he deserved me being as honest as I could be, or something like that. He deserved honesty about this. And then he says to Godecker, he is stealing me, but not because he loves me. And then he says, like, he'll take me to his employer, and his employer will free me. I really like that sentence, because it doesn't preclude the idea that Costas does love him. Like, mm-hmm. he's stealing me, but not because he loves me. He may also love me, independently of that. But that's not what uh, was the impetus for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I also, that's another thing that, like, Kamat reminds himself of, to remind himself of the business-like nature of their relationship. Like, okay, it can't be this because I know why we're here. I know why we're doing this. He's here on the orders of his king. We're always going to have that distance between us. And Kamet might be more honest with Godecker than he is with anyone else in this book. Godecker, just like that other slave who worked for the leather worker, is the only person who recognizes them. Um... And Kamet narrates that's because like knows like. Um, and there's there's another element of luck in this that uh, Godecker normally never visits that part of town, but he got paid to deliver a barrel to the market that day, and that's why he happened to see them. Mm. And that made me think about the wine merchant. <laughs> yeah. Who who asked Godecker to deliver this, huh? <laughs> mm, very mm. interesting. Godecker is clear that he was helping them um, out of, like, fellow feeling. He took pride in the idea of helping other slaves, and he feels betrayed, finding out that, you know, they've lied about Costas. Um, And just like Kemet, he says, like, I thought, why not? Why not do a good turn? Because we don't. We don't do favors for each other. Mm -hmm. And Godecker is alone. Yeah. And we don't really know much about his 
backstory. He's very cagey about it. He says, I'm not going to tell you where I was a slave. Of course, I'm not going to tell you that. And so we don't know if he was always alone. Maybe he escaped with someone else and he no longer has that person. We just don't know Mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah, we just know that he's been here for seven years. I don't know if we see Kamet's take on Favor's turn in this chapter or not. I was going to say we do because... Like, he gets, he gives Godecker food, too, and they give him the money at the end, but I think maybe the food is just common decency and Costas is the one who gives the money. Um, which, by the way, Costas's fortune was pay the fastener back at the well. So, do you think that means pay Godecker? Because Godecker is the name for a decorative fastener thing on a scroll? It has to be. Right? That idea of enslaved people being named after trivial things is something we saw before in Conspiracy of Kings, I think. Do you think Costas was consciously thinking that when he decided to give him all the money, or is this just a, just a coincidence? I don't think Costas was consciously thinking of it, but also, okay. we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but even if he wasn't thinking about it, this is still exactly the type of thing he would do anyway. Yeah. Give all their money to someone who's helped them, who's in a worse bind than they are. And he really, it gives him everything. Mm-hmm. And even when uh, Godecker got injured trying to turn them in, Kamet brings Godecker into the shed and Costas is like, oh, you better give him the bed. <laughs> and Kamet's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and Costas is really confident in this chapter. Yeah. Once we had emerged from the dead-end passageway, I asked, How much did you give him? All of it, said the Aetolian. I stopped in my tracks as he kept on walking. So? I asked when I'd caught up with him. It hadn't been much, but to Godecker, no doubt an eye-popping amount and all we'd had to feed ourselves with. He laughed. So, so, so. The trade house is closed because of the plague rumors, I reminded him. There will be an Aetolian ship in the harbor, he said confidently. Ah, so he's really, um, he's... He's putting his faith in Jen's plan. Yeah. And um, Kamet asks, like, well, <laughs> what if there aren't any ships? And Costas just is like, oh, I don't know. In a, like, I'm not going to worry about it type of, type of way. Just trusting that something else is going to come up and they're going to find their way out of the next thing. And he said with a shrug, still yeah. smiling. Very optimistically. Which is different than, very, very different, very contrasted with Kamet's uh, emotional experience in this chapter, meeting Godecker, who says, uh, you worry forever, you'll never feel safe. Mm. You know what? I'm looking back at the part where, where Costas gives the money to Godecker, and now I definitely think that he's consciously thinking of the prophecy, because it says... The Aetolian paused in the doorway to look back into the dark where Godecker sat. The Aetolian held out a hand and I gave him our purse. He tipped it upside down and then leaned to pour a handful of coins into Godecker's lap. So he, he he's gonna, they're gonna go and then he stops and he thinks yeah. about it. Yeah, and it's especially if he heard the word Godecker in the prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, um, you know, Kemet narrates that like, you know, he's used to dealing with a lot of people. He's used to managing freemen and slaves for Nehuzeresh, and each person required a different approach. He has to read the people. 
and he decided to treat Godecker like he did other slaves who were uh, like resentful that he had authority over them and reminding him that uh, we were both capable of treating the other with respect. And I just, I'm just looking at the line. Uh, he says, be my friend, Godecker, be my friend in need. Contrasted with all of his denial that he and Costas, after everything they've been through, are not friends. So I'm just thinking like this exchange with Godecker, he definitely like pities Godecker, but I f- think he feels a connection with him at the same time. What I'm starting to say is like this feels genuine to me. And then he gives Godecker his real name. Yeah. But contrast this with his relationship with Costas. I guess he's also not lying to Godecker pretty much at all, which also makes it feel more authentic. <sighs> Going back to the question, why does food in books sound so much more appetizing than food in real life? It's just vegetables <laughs> in a pot with some water. You know, and I can go make sucks. that. <laughs> yeah. I can go make that right now and it wouldn't even be very good. <laughs> but it sounds delicious. There's and probably I want some barley. no spices in it. The word friend appears a lot in this chapter. I'm pretty sure the word friend appears more times in this chapter than in the rest of the book combined. Yeah. <laughs> we have we can work together, Godecker. My friend and I can pass more easily for free men. We can help you. Be my friend, Godecker. Be my friend in need. And as Shejmika is my witness, I will repay you someday. Friend, Godecker. Friend. And he paused. Kamet, I told him. Friend, Kamet. He said. That's, <laughs> That's half one a page. page. That's a lot. If he repeats it enough, it'll come true. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, friend, Kamet, he said, but I still want the five henat. There's this contrast between this, like, temporary friendship of convenience with Godecker um, and Kemet's friendship with Costas. And the, 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 the contrasts also between how, like, Kamet has things in common with Godecker. Godecker understands things instantly about him and he about Godecker that are not true for him in Costas, like that he doesn't share with Costas. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still that like causes tension between him and and Godecker. Yeah, and I'm reminded of when um, Kamet's Kamet's narrating an explanation about again like slaves don't do favors for each other because the last thing you want when you're a slave is to be indebted to someone else for something else and he says like I was indebted to Godecker and I knew this was part of why I didn't like him and there's that there's that idea of um of owing in relationships that uh I think is not present in Kamet's relationship with with Costas, even though Costas is helping him, because Kamet really, from Kamet's perspective, he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. And um, Costas is doing what he's doing because of an external agenda. It's not a favor. And so their relationship develops kind of free of that. <laughs> Thank you.
That's chapter 10. Next time we get on a boat again. Send us your comments, questions, and thoughts. Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. Mm-hmm.